0: The Power 40 Podcast is an uplifting, faith-based podcast that speaks to all that is going on in our world. Our goal is to share inspirational, real-life stories and experiences from notable guests around the country on matters that touch us all. The number 40 symbolizes a period of testing, trial, or probation. We all experience trying times in our lives, but it's what comes from these times that make us who we are. As we depict periods of people's lives where the idea of the number 40 is played out, we will learn the goodness that comes from perseverance, determination, and belief. I'm your host, Annika Tramberg, joined today by Caitlin Eaton, who has represented the United States in the 2020 Summer Paralympics and a member of the United States Women's National Wheelchair Basketball Team. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: So let's talk a little bit about this. You were born with correct me if I pronounce this wrong but sacral agenesis is that correct yeah yeah you got it (laughs) (laughs) awesome so that basically means you're missing your entire sacrum yes tell us a little bit about you know how you deal with your everyday how do you what is that like
1: yeah so for me I'm a full-time wheelchair user Um, I have been Probably since the age of four, I think maybe it's when I got my first wheelchair um, but you know, to be honest with you, it hasn't changed a whole lot of my life. Um, I think it's just something that i it's so normal to me that like yeah. I can't even imagine my life being any different to be honest mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, you know, my disability is so odd because it's super rare first of all, yeah, and then, like I've met a couple other people who've had it, and it's like the the way that it affects each and every one of us is so different. And Mm -hmm. so it's like very bizarre. I think that's like probably been the most challenging part about it is like, you can't find anyone who has like the same problems that you have or that you're dealing with. So it's like really hard to find some sort of a community that like, yeah, understands exactly what you're going through.
0: Yeah, completely. I mean, I know you're obvious. You never let that get in the way of, you know, following your passions and dreams and achieving things in life um, and obviously pursuing uh, your Olympic dreams, which is amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about your passion for basketball and how that all began?
1: Yeah, so I, um, it's funny, I actually um, started pretty late when it comes to basketball. Um, A bunch of my teammates that I play with on Team USA have been playing since they were five, six years old. Um, I actually didn't start playing until I was 16. (laughs) So it's super late. They have like 10 years of basketball experience on me. Um, But, you know, when I was a kid, it wasn't something I was super interested in. I, you know, didn't find a love for sport until I got into high school. And really, when I got into high school, I was just looking for something that like I fit into. I had tried band and, you know, it wasn't really my thing. I was no good at it. And I tried all these other things and I couldn't really find anything that, suited me really and so I was like well I've I've done adaptive sports before um I didn't love them but like maybe now that I'm older I'll enjoy it and so yeah I found a wheelchair basketball team which was local to um you know where I'm from in Houston and I went to my first practice and I fell in love with it Uh um but, but I'll be honest, when I first started, I, I never had any anticipation that I would make it to where I am today. Um, yeah. I didn't even really know that <laughs> playing for like Team USA existed or going yeah. to college to play my sport existed. Uh, I was just really doing it to give myself something fun to do. So right. um, it's taken me a lot of places, which is awesome.
0: Well, I know you said too, like it's been hard to find like a community of people that maybe are going through the exact same thing as you, but... Does this team give you a sense of that community in a way? Yeah, I mean,
1: all the teams that I've been on has given me such a sense of community. Um, You know, when I first started, I played for um, a team. It was a co-ed team, but I was the only girl on it at the time. Um, And those guys, they took me in. Um, They're all like brothers to me. And so it was it was really awesome. But then when I went to college, I started playing on an all women's team, which was quite the transition playing with (laughs) all. All boys to to all girls, and you know, I've met some of my bestest friends (laughs) through this sport. And you know, we're truly Team USA is like one giant family. We talk to each other constantly, so it's it's been really awesome.
0: That's so so sweet. Um, I mean, obviously the the Paralympic Games is such a memorable part about your journey. Can you tell us about your medal achievements and maybe a favorite memory from that?
1: Yeah, so we won bronze in Tokyo, which was really wow. awesome. Uh we were a, a, a super young team. Um I think I was one of the oldest girls on our team and I've never been to a Paralympics before, so this experience there we we basically had none. <laughs> I think we had a total of 3 people on our team of, of 12 who had been to a Paralympics before, so oh, wow. I think a lot of teams counted us out. Um, so winning bronze was pretty huge for us. But yeah. I think I think my most favorite memory from Tokyo was probably when we beat Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, we play them a lot, like all the time. <laughs> um, and we see them at every major competition. So we saw them in 2017, 18, 19, oh, wow. 2020. Oh, Obviously, we didn't see them because of COVID. But mm-hmm. they beat us in every major competition up into that point. And so, oh, I think we went into that game, you know, we were nervous of course, but um we had nothing to lose literally. Everyone had counted us out at that point anyways. Um everyone had decided that Canada was going to win that game no problem. So it was like super fun because we played so free and like everyone was yeah. just so confident in each other and then we ended up pulling it out which no one expected out of us and I I We'll never forget that day. Honestly, we celebrated that game as if we had just won a gold medal. And it was truly one of the best, best experiences.
0: That's so amazing. And I I played basketball my, myself. And just cool. that sense of like teamwork is so rewarding in basketball. You literally all have to work together in order to mm-hmm. win. And so I can only imagine like how amazing that felt for everybody.
1: Yeah, it was awesome.
0: <laughs> That's so cool. What uh, what type of advice would you give to someone who, um, you know, maybe is going through a difficult time or challenge and feels like they don't know where to go with their life or they don't know what their purpose is or what they're doing? What would you say to them?
1: I think for me, you know, one of the things that I try to, to you know, tell especially younger kids is like it's never too late to find what you're interested in or, you know, what direction you want to go in in life. You know, I mean, um, I've done a lot of things besides basketball and I went to grad school and I was in school with um, a lady who was almost 60 years old and was deciding to go back and get her master's degree. And so, you know, I think that's the biggest advice that I could give is it's, it's never too late to, to change course and try something new. And, Um, I actually think it's really exciting to do that when, you know, you're a bit older and you think you should be stuck in whatever you're doing. But um,
0: yeah, that is exciting. And obviously you have some physical limitations, but it doesn't seem like you've ever actually let those things limit you from doing things in life. So can you speak to just that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I grew up, I have a twin sister and an older brother and uh, we have a single mom. And so I didn't ever really get treated as any different. Um, I had to do all of the same activities that they did. Um, you know, my mom would make us go outside and play together. Um, and she was like, you'll figure it out or you won't, but, but you're going to have to do something. Um, and so I think from that experience, it just kind of taught me that like being in a wheelchair doesn't change, you know, really anything. You just have to learn how to do it, you know maybe a little bit differently. Obviously, you know, I'm not riding a skateboard with the guys down the street or things like that. But um, I think, you know, learning how to do that as a child really helped me in my adulthood. I mean, I moved to Illinois when I was 18. I had never left home before really. And so, you know, just experiences like that, it's like, it's gonna make you grow and having a disability or not, you you gotta figure it out one way or another.
0: That's so true, so, so true. (laughs) Do you have any, I I mean, that was a big goal of yours at the Olympics, but do you have any more goals, maybe in more games or something else in the future that you are working towards?
1: I mean, obviously the ultimate goal is to win a gold medal at some point. Yeah. Uh, and so right now my goals is to get to Paris. Um, I don't know if that'll be my last one or not. I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> Uh, trying to take it one year at a time, but mm-hmm. yeah. So right now, just training to go to Paris, and of course, the ultimate goal for that is to bring home the gold. Um, bronze medal was wonderful and you know exciting nonetheless. But also, I mean, ultimately, everyone wants to win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, gold. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so right now, I think those are those are my athletic goals. Um, you know, we'll kind of see how that changes after Paris. You know, if we don't come home with the gold, then maybe I got to keep going. I don't know, but. <laughs> Uh, Right now, we're focused on pairs.
0: I like the competitive spirit. (laughs) Yeah. It's important.
1: (laughs) Yeah, especially at this level.
0: (laughs) Totally, yeah. Talking about just like teamwork and achieving goals, is, is there anything that you guys do as a team to keep that just like cohesiveness with you all? Do you do things outside of like practicing?
1: Yeah, so the way our team actually works is it's pretty interesting. And it's actually not like most other teams, but um, we do what we call a decentralized program. And so actually, we all live very separately and and super far apart. Um, Some of my teammates actually live overseas in uh, Germany, so I don't see them very often at all. Um, You know, we have a WhatsApp group chat that we talk in and, you know, I think it's just like any other team, right? Like we have people that you're really close to that I'm going to talk to, you know, significantly more often than others. But when we are together, we definitely make it a point. You know, when we are at the training center, we all sit together for lunch. We don't have, you know, one group going there, one group going there. We sit at one really long table and like basically eat like family style and things like that. And our coaching staff does a really good job when we're all together to make sure we're doing some sort of team bonding and like, doing different things. We all know each other fairly well, but um, just making sure that we're trying to stay as cohesive as possible. Um, But it is pretty different because we do live so far apart.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is crazy. Well, I'm so excited to see hopefully you guys in Paris, and I definitely am going to follow your journey. And just (laughs) as we close out today and reflect on the Power 40 in our lives, maybe trials we're going through or overcome, I think we understand that life will continue to experience the good and the bad days. And 40 is also significant in regards to time. So if you had just 40 minutes to impact the world, where would you start and what would you say?
1: Mm, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest impacts that I would like to make in the world is, is to just try to show people that like, just because there's lots of us that have disabilities, like, we're not any different than mm. most people. And to be honest, I think like if I could teach the world that our sport is so cool mm-hmm. and like we deserve the same amount of attention as anybody else, I think that's probably what I would spend <laughs> the 40 minutes doing is really advocating for adaptive sports and 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 show the world honestly that like we train just as hard as everybody else. And we deserve the same amount of recognition, the same amount of like financial compensation, you know, same gym space, same everything. Um, You know, I think that would really change adaptive sports. And I think it would also give a lot of girls a lot more opportunity because right now
0: they don't. And so, uh, yeah, if I could take 40
1: minutes, that's that's probably what I would do.
0: (laughs) I love that. That's so important, I think, too. And and not everyone knows that I think part of it is just even the awareness around adaptive sports. And to me, that is just yeah. so interesting and it's amazing to see what you're doing. And I hope that um, you inspire maybe someone today that listens to this, that they can go out and pretty much, you know, do anything they put their mind to if they work hard. So it's really, really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin, for joining me today. I loved hearing about just your resilience and drive to make a difference in the world, in your world and others, and just keep up the good work. And we can't wait to watch you achieve more of your dreams. Thank you so much. For more information on the Power 40 podcast, visit powerofhumans.com. Also stream the podcast on your preferred streaming service.